0: Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the President, please send them to pip at Christian Center We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Scouting coming to you live from North Carolina. And today we are blessed to walk out what the Lord has called us to in this day and age. As we continue our journey of restoring uh, the covenant blessing that we have and to be able to enter into the throne, we want to look at the Israelites, as we kind of were reviewing off of yesterday, the journey that the Israelites made out of Egypt into the Promised Land, and look at the appointed times uh, that the Lord is positioning us to shift, and how we can see the example of the Israelites in their journey out uh, of Egypt to the wilderness to see where, okay, where where might they possibly have um, gone around the mountain for quite some time, and today we want to look in Deuteronomy one verses nineteen and nineteen to twenty-one in our study here of Scripture. And I'm gonna blow this up before I pull it up, and this is the story of Moses, and here in Deuteronomy, going through the history of the Israelites through their journey. Um, from Horeb on the way to Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea and and talking about the Lord dealing with them of, okay, look, you're at the promised land. You've gone through this journey or even you've you've gone through the desert just a little bit and the Lord telling them um, just a few things of, hey, this is the promise of what's to come. And so we see here in verse 19, pull this up, that... It says, Then we set out for Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as the Lord our God had commanded us. And we came to Gadesh Barnea, and I said to you, You have come to the hill country of the Amorites which the Lord our God is about to give us. See, the Lord your God has placed the land before you. Go up, take possession. As the Lord, the God of your fathers, has spoken to you, do not fear or be dismayed. Then what happens is they go through all the land, they send out um, their spies, they they see what's in the land, they get fearful, they don't go in, and then later on they try to go in and fight, a fight that the Lord did not um, give them the authority to fight in. And, and through that, we want to look and see that there, there are appointed times, so there isn't a point in time to, to shift. And as the Israelites, they've gone around the mountain, they've gone through the wilderness long enough. Sometimes we have whatever that mountain may be, that thing that's holding us back, that cycle in life. Uh, if you've ever read any of uh, Natasha Gerbich's stuff, um, she deals with this specifically of breaking those cycles, whether it be for your life, your family, whatever it may be. It's, God's giving you the time and always does give you the time to say, hey, let's wake up. Let's go. Let's turn around and, and go outward um, away from this mountain that may be holding us back. And, and whether it be a good thing or a bad thing uh, in our lives is, is now's the time the Lord wants is shifting us. And that's what that new wineskin is about. Of uh, OK, look, letting go of that that old thing that doesn't work. Remember Jesus teaching about the old wineskins. And the reason you need a new one is because if you were to use the old one, it would burst the new wineskin as it expands. And so sometimes you have to shift, you have to grow, go, go from glory to glory, strength to strength. And so we see the the full effect of what not shifting does. And so we want to remind ourselves and, and Learn from the lessons of the Israelites here in order to not be fearful or be dismayed of of what may naturally be before us, but put our hope and our trust in the Lord, um, knowing that the land that he's given us, uh, we will inhabit. And then as we learned yesterday, by not doing it, they will stay and be a thorn in your side if you don't go out and take it. And so we want to remind ourselves of that today as it is in a pointy time to shift into, and this has been from listening to the fathers of the faith now in our lifetime, um, people who are, who are much older and wiser than I, they're talking, they've been talking about this, this shift of the new wineskin for quite some time. So this isn't just something new over the past couple of years, even though it's kind of ramped up even more now, but it's, it's from all the prophetic voices and everything. It's, it's, it's time for us to, and, in, and there's always a season of, look, we grow. And what worked in the past season may not work now. Or what's holding us back, we need to move away from. And, and this mountain that we, we may be circling may not necessarily be a bad thing, but it could be a good thing too. And sometimes we just grow and mature and we move on. Now, with that understanding is we we want to walk this out through Scripture as we've been doing the last couple days. In also paying attention to a few things and then coming um together to pray for a few things. So, first, something to pay attention to and be aware of is there was a past recent couple of days, Iran went out and did a cyber attack against Albania. Albania has since removed all ambassadors and in, in any relation to Iran out of the country. Uh but what's interesting through all of this, this is a NATO ally of the United States. So the um, White House has put out a statement basically condemning this, um, saying that further action to hold Iran accountable for the actions that threaten the security of the U.S. ally and set a troubling precedent for cybersecurity in saying that, look, this is problematic. You shouldn't be doing this. But also remember, not forget that... At the same time, Iran is doing these cyber attacks on allies of the United States, possibly trying to um, get access somehow cybersecurity-wise to U.S. databases access to anything that the U.S. may have in partnership with Albania or just to attack Albania in and of itself because our ally is still an attack on us and, and Israel. is very problematic and something we need to be fully aware of. And also remember that as this Iran nuclear deal, whether it's new, old, tries to come into existence with the negotiations with the EU, we want to continue to pray for this administration. And number one, obviously, re- continue to repent for the stance the Biden administration has to want to divide the land of Israel. Uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I mean, Israel has its own issues as it comes up for an election here. And then also intercede for someone in the Biden administration and within the military to have the fear of the Lord when making a decision on this negotiation with Iran and ultimately with Israel. uh, Unfortunately, right now, due to the floundering government in Israel, it's just the best way to, to purely say it, is the relationship between the administration, our administration, and Israel is not very doing very well right now because they're not upholding the type of relationship that someone like a Netanyahu would do with either a Democrat or Republican candidate of coming over here, meeting, negotiating, discussing the ramifications of why it is horrible uh, not only domestically but internationally and even politically to get back into this Iran nuclear deal. And so there's a lot going on there, something we want to be fully aware of and pay attention to as well. Now, a few things uh, we need to address, I guess you could say, and I think these are things everyone knows and is fully aware of, but it's, we want to have people understand the realities of what is coming out of the White House, specifically, as we're praying for the office of the president and obviously you've probably seen this, want to play it just so if for those who may not have or if you haven't seen this clip of Peter Ducey asking um, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on Tuesday about the comments President Biden has made about those who think that elections were stolen. And I'm and going to play this clip because this is, this is the best question Peter Ducey, probably one of the best questions he's asked in quite some time attention on the mag of republicans you tweeted in 2016 oh, I knew trump stole an election you i tweeted, was waiting peter when you were going to ask me that question well <laughs> here we go you tweeted trump's if she's waiting that means she knows president biden's comments were just ad- abhorrent to say the least Stole an election you tweeted brian kemp stole an election if denying election results yeah. is extreme now yeah so they- let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I wow. have. Da It's ridiculous. Seriously, is it is it is it the same? Only because it's the same, or is it different because you now benefit possibly have benefited from some nefarious actions? I've been, I have ridiculous? been. Well, you're asking me. You're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it's well, ridiculous. I was. I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and what was in danger of voting rights. That's what I was speaking to at the time. And backtracking, great question, pointing out her own Twitter feed. Um, And and then we played the clip yesterday of Hillary Clinton talking about uh, problems with the 2016 election. Look, the reason we have to point this out is to call out the doublespeak. Uh, and and understand the realities of what is being said from this administration. Repent for the lies. Repent for the hypocrisy. And look, it's okay to say, hey, if there are problems, because maybe there are some things she wants to point out that we need to look at. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But to sit here and say, I don't fully know exactly what she's talking about, but to fully say that, well, we can't talk about this, and, and if you disagree with us or you say this one thing, then you're this type of person... Again, we have the freedom of speech. Like Just because you don't like what somebody says doesn't mean somebody shouldn't have a right to be able to say it. And so we need to be fully aware and sober about what this administration is saying um, and what they're putting out there to unfortunately divide the country and co- possibly cause more problems that exist otherwise. Um, Okay, moving on, next story I want to talk about is the issue out of Alaska. So we saw uh, last week that with the special election due to replacing the uh, former congressman who unfortunately passed away unexpectedly, that Sarah Palin and the Republicans more so lost their seat to the Democratic candidate at the time, and now with the midterm primaries coming up, or midterm elections, excuse me, coming up for the next two-year seat within Congress, there's the decision that has to be made based upon how the elections are being run currently. Basically, it's an open, it's an open um, runoff between the top four candidates, and Sarah Palin has asked the other Republican who's alongside of her, uh, Nick Begeck, the third a businessman, um, in Alaska to step down. And he's saying, no, you need to step down. And part of the problem is, is that um, the way it's, it's running is that you, you're going to have one Democrat, two Republicans, and then an in, somewhat independent. Um, running up in the midterms and the way it's going to be elect, the way they're going to decide is it's just crazy uh, to even think about and this is a problem with Republicans we pointed this out several months ago look, just because you pick a candidate doesn't mean you necessarily pick the right one but in this instance it's this is basically why Louisiana has a Democratic governor right now is because this very same situation played out in Louisiana and it hurt the Republicans and not to say that Republicans is the way to go, but in this instance of understanding where the Democrats lie and they vote and the principles they stand for, is, it clearly outlines um, the decisions here in Alaska. And one interesting thing I want to point out is that we saw how the special election played out. They split the vote. Sarah Palin lost. And Republicans lost more so. But the interesting thing here is that there are polls that show that uh, Bagek would beat the Democratic candidate um, Peltola head-to-head in in the then special election, head-to-head, if it were just them two, he would win by eight points. And then they did a poll showing that if Palin were to go head-to-head, what would happen? And she lost by five points. And so Bagek is saying, I'm not stepping down. You need to step down. And what would be the benefit What would be helpful in this situation if the two got in a room with their teams, discussed this, both laid down their pride? It's funny how Palin is saying that Baguette needs to put down his pride and step aside. But the question is, is should she put her pride aside? Does she care about her interest or the interest of Alaskans? And, and, And I'm not saying either way. What should happen, but the question is, is, is if you're going to sit here and say who has the possibility of winning, what principles people stand for, and look, I don't know if Begek would be good or, or Palin would be good, but the question is, is here is there's some strong evidence that this could go either way. Um, and Begek is saying, Hey, look, and I may be butchering his name, he and he's saying, Look, uh, I think you need to step down, like you showed you lost your strategy loss, either way, one of them needs to step down. If both of them go up, it's going to be problematic. And they're getting closer and closer to the deadline of when someone can remove their name from the ballot. Um, Because what's going to happen is you have, you basically, you rank your, your four candidates uh, from what it, from my understanding. So you go one through four. And then if at the, the first count, it doesn't, Somebody doesn't win, then they go to the second count, eliminating the lowest count total and then based upon how you ranked each member they'll be the votes will be reshifted upwards um, and that's why she ended up losing <clears throat> the uh, special elections, and Republicans ended up losing the that seat that they've held for the past seventy three years so um, something to be aware of if you know people in Alaska, uh, get them to pray for this issue because this is one that is is very, very alarming, um, to say to say the least. And, and, and it's interesting that Palin would say, oh, you have pride. Well, same could be said of you. And, and, and so let's just be humble and be aware of what's happening. All right. Now on to some more things coming out of the White House is that the White House is pushing now for the next COVID funding, the next COVID push. Um, and, and I want to play some things by... The White House COVID 19 correspondent uh, or coordinator, Ashish Jahai, of when he said this the other day. I really believe this is why God gave us two arms, one for the flu shot and the other one for the COVID shot. That is, number one, utterly preposterous for someone to invoke the name of God to to say that you need to get a vaccine because I say so. Um, We've seen the problems with this. Then you have Fauci coming out and saying this. It is becoming increasingly clear that looking forward with the COVID-19 pandemic in the absence of a dramatically different variant, we likely are moving towards a path with a vaccination cadence similar to that of the annual influenza vaccine with annual updated COVID-19 shots matched to the currently circulating strains for most of the population. And again, there have been no studies to show what happens when you combine all of these shots together into a human's body. The interesting thing about all of this is that you're seeing, we've talked about this before, but I haven't talked about in specific cases. And there are stories that pop up every day of young men, college athletes in the prime of their life, in the health of their life, collapsing, dying, having a blood clot, whatever the case may be. And one of the most recent stories was a college football player out of Arkansas University, uh, all Baptist University, who had a defensive lineman who had a death just randomly and, and uh, following a sudden collapse. And this is tragic. I mean, the, the report goes on to talk about how some of the coaches and players they truly admired this um this player Clark Yarborough is a senior I'll put his picture here who just passed suddenly he wanted to be um an, an athletic director a, a very admirable um was a great friend uh, to those around him who were new to the team who joined the university uh people who really you know needed an, away from family needed someone to be was a great human being, and then for some reason he passed away. And this story stories like this are happening all across the country, all around the world as well. And the question is, is, why are these happening? I'm not saying I have the answer, but the question is, why are these things happening? And obviously, if you understand what I'm saying, there, there's a reality of this that needs to be looked at. And, and I point this out, because with Fauci saying that, with the administration saying that we, we want to be fully aware of, number one, repenting for what they're saying, for coming out of the White House, but it's also this, again, going with this ideology that the state is is fully true. And that's Stalinistic. That's comparative to what happened in Nazi Germany of you can't disagree with um, the then leader at the time. The, the government, and this doesn't just go back to This is not a President Biden issue. This is a government overhaul issue and, and something that we need to be fully aware of about what's going on um, in this situation and about what's to come is we've gone around this mountain long enough. Now it's time to go forward and proceed and say, look, if people want to have that, that's great. But again, the question should be is, is maybe it's time to review some of those past things that we've done and say, is this absolutely necessary? And to look at true science, not just what those who are in power say. Why not have let doctors be able to decide based upon what's best, not hospital administrators who don't have a medical degree, don't look at medical science, making these decisions for people based upon the pressures of where they're getting their money from. Which is very totalitarian, very Stalinistic, communistic, however you want to put it. It's very alarming to see this coming out. Here in America. Um, now, next, we talked about this yesterday. We want to stay on top of this, praying against this and praying for political leaders to be wise and really stand for these va- for moral values in this issue. Of You have now uh, Senators Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin and Susan Collins pushing forward out of the Washington Post and op-ed. Um, The passage of the Marriage Equality Act and removal of the Defense of Marriage Act passed by another than Bill Clinton. Um, Yes, you heard that right, as we said yesterday. And so they're going to push harder and harder for this to be done. There have been rumors that they might try to get this pushed in and added into the um, debt reconciliation bill, the debt bill, this government spending bill that's trying to be pushed now. They say they don't want that. They want it to be its own standalone thing, which either way, pray to God it doesn't happen. Um, And along with this COVID issue and this issue, we want to pray and intercede for both congressional, Republican and Democratic Senate leaders to stand against, because this goes hand in hand with this Bernie Sanders agenda, and more so the communistic undertones and spirit of what Bernie Sanders believes in and pushes for and pray that people are awakened to this and knowing that this will cripple the next three to four generations as we can look back in history with what has happened to Russia. And part of it is, is we talked about yesterday of some of the social social studies findings of what America is now of, and the church more specifically is they just want to, to be good and happy, that God just wants us to be good and happy, good people and to be happy. And, and reality, that's not what Scripture says. Yes, you know, God wants us to, to prosper, but at the end of the time, is it's more important to be obedient to the Lord, and through that, um, the blessings will come, but it also doesn't mean that it will 100% be perfect. There will be challenges, there will be things going through, and even as Job the story of Job, of what he went through. Um, it, it's something to be mindful of. And then one of the last things I want to end on this, because this is, this is quite huge. This is a, a battle of something that we need to pray for, pray for our leaders, pray for those who are in the decision process of um, this. And I I want to start here on this, is want to look at California to start off. And the involvement of parents and the problems coming against that from those who don't want parents to be involved in in their child's education. This has been going on for well over 50 years, uh, back to the 60s and 70s of school choice, etc. What has come out now is that California Teachers Union has allegedly hired during COVID, hired an investigator to do ABO research on parents and who was challenging them in the courts to stand up for parental rights. This is quite alarming for them to go to this level, um, to see this. Basically, they don't like that parents are standing up against them, so they're going to try to do research to discredit them, to get them to stand down, whatever the case may be. There are no morals. It's are you being loyal or not? And that's one of the hallmarks of totalitarian regimes. Then that brings into the point of, I know most people in Louisiana saw this, but this has started to make national news of Mike Johnson's response and critique, rightfully so, of a commercial that happened Sunday night during the LSU Florida State game, as he is an LSU grad and a big LSU football fan as pretty much everybody in Louisiana is, I, I myself was watching the game. And he saw a commercial for the Little Demon series coming out on FX, who was owned by Disney. Remind ourselves of that. Uh, and he didn't want his 11-year-old son to see that. And he goes on and and he wrote a whole post. He's been going on news radio, local radio shows in Louisiana. Um, this is being picked up by Daily Wire, Fox, everybody as he he stands out rightfully so in calling the ad demonic, as it is clearly demonic, um, and talking about how parents need to be involved and stay involved. And on this, I think he's absolutely really right. We stand with him on this. Because the idea of the trailer is that it includes dark images of hell, demons, satanic imagery, and an explanation that the main character is the Antichrist. And so the reality is, of what they were trying to do is this. And this was put in a, I think it's Vanity Fair, if I remember correctly. Basically them explaining, um, oh no, this is from a moms group, the one million moms groups, uh, in a petition they said. They said this, and I think this is very, very clear and something we need to realize about how this stuff is trying to come into America is that rather than being represented as dangerous, demonic, and terrifying, Satan is depicted as an average, middle-aged, cardigan-wearing, suburban dad. And the question is, is are they not representing, like trying to make it look as appealing, or is that how it is coming into America? Meaning, is, is that how stuff like this, satanic stuff, is it, is it already being this way? When we've talked to uh, Natasha and our South African friends, and they know this better than anybody, is that in those in South Africa and in, in South America, you have, when they're witches, they're outright witches. And some of them in America are starting to be outright because they don't have to hide it. But in America, a witch can walk around in a dress and a, and a three-piece suit, and you would never know. And in this case, they can walk around in a cardigan wearing suburban dad, and you would never know. And trying to lower the appeal of this. And it's something that's interesting is, is uh, Danny DeVito and his daughter Lucy DeVito, who are um, the executive producer and the voices of the show involved in this. And it's really quite alarming. And Mike calls it out very, very poignantly and i round out this story with the fact of you have this happening the importance of parents being involved and then you have the investigation coming out about the relationship between the federal government just put it that way and now the biden administration and its relationships to with big tech companies of censoring certain things and because of out of immediate, I mean, some of the response times are immediate and very, very, very alarming. And Glenn Greenwald just goes through a Twitter rant the other day and exposes it item by item by item and calling it the regime of censorship. And the reason this is important is because we've seen this. We see the results with what happens when the truth comes forward. As in 2016, versus what happens when the truth doesn't come forward in 2020. Most people in America are uninformed voters. The 30% misses. The 30% who need to decide upon what the reality of, of what's going on and how they'll decide their vote are going to wait till the last minute. And in 2016, when information on Hillary came out, the truth on it from James Comey, you saw what happened. Whereas in 2020, it didn't come out on Hunter Biden. Therefore, people thought. Biden was something he wasn't, possibly would have changed the results of the election. People are upset about it. There's also the the just damning relationship um, in other aspects with social media, the FBI, the DOJ, and there is a lawsuit from the AGs of Louisiana and Missouri. I'll put the link to this. This is the statement put out by uh, Jeff Landry on what is, pot, what is coming from this, of standing up to the federal government and big tech and how they're working together in exposing this. And in this, in the court document, in the lawsuit, um, both key officials like Dr. Fauci, White House Press Secretary uh, Karen Jean-Pierre, and others within the DOJ, HHS, and the White House have 21 days to respond to some of the questions being asked in this lawsuit by Eric Schmidt and Jeff Landry. And so the best thing for this would be that the truth would come forward in understanding this for future leaders to realize what is happening. And more importantly, to remove the the blinders on this. And this is one of those things where the enemy was trying to use this for their own good, but God reversed it. Um, and allowing the truth to come forward and, and having this be one of those boomerang things of, hey, you thought this was good, but this is going to come back to bite you in the butt at the end of the day because you're taking away people's freedoms through this and lying to people in the hypocrisy. News speak, 1984, George Orwell, double speak, however you want to put it. And so we want to intercede for this golden court case, Missouri, Louisiana versus uh, President Biden. That's how the case reads. And for the truth to come forward, and restoration, you want to pluck up, put it back in, as Jeremiah talks about, uh, the restor- a restoration of the First Amendment involving these social media companies. Possibly something like a GDPR in with what's in the EU, which is, I've studied it before. It's very good. It gives a lot of rights back to the individual. Uh, social media companies can't do things. Um, no matter where they operate, they have to adhere basically to those principles if you log in via a European computer system, you have more rights with your data, et cetera, stuff like that, and really debunking and and blowing up what we have here in America of Section 230 and them saying they're basically a publisher, a newspaper, and they're not. Um, So I don't want to get in the weeds on that, but we want to pray for this case because this is a Golden Court case that shows history has shown on this issue that states do have power to make social media companies adhere. To the laws of the books and really understanding the relationship and this this exposes how deep the swamp really is and this stuff even went on during Trump's administration and I think that shows just how embraced and emboldened the those within these the tiers of government are In close connection to what's going on in Silicon Valley trying to persuade the agenda and make their lives be pushed forward uh, to get power and at the end of the day the reason that this has come about is like Eric Metaxas talks about if you've ever heard his story of how he came up in college how the people who are now in leadership of these companies were in college then and he said it was a problem then and the old reality of thinking was that it's a false reality is that, well, once these people get out of school, they get a job, they're going to change their minds. Well, that never happened, unfortunately. And so we're now having to deal with the consequences of allowing those roots to take place. Um, so we want to intercede on that. And it's a good thing that this stuff is being exposed now, not only before this midterm, but possibly before the next presidential election, to hopefully allow the First Amendment and freedom of the press to be adherent to that. And if you are, if these companies are a true publisher, um, are a true platform, excuse me, then they need to just be a platform and not determine what goes out. And if not, then they need to state so, and then we need to figure out where in the social platforms you can just publish something. So I'm going to close on that. I know it went long today, had a lot to cover, a lot of things we need to be aware of this week as the push for um, certain votes are being pushed forward and things coming out of the White House that we need to repent of and be fully aware of. So um, with that, I'll close out. Thank you everyone for following along with me. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And today we have our noon prayer and our Wednesday night service as well. With that, I'll close out and see you guys later. Have a good one.